0: You are tuned into The Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of The Dr. Tina Show, I'm gonna share with you my top three ways of managing high blood pressure that you may not know and how you can incorporate these into your daily life to make sure that you keep your blood pressure not only in check, but keep it nice and healthy as you progress through life. So let's jump in. Are you in a never-ending cycle of making progress in your strength training, but then get sidelined by an injury? I know I was. Something happened to me in middle age when the hormones shifted, and it became evident to me that I could not keep training and supplementing the same as I did when I was in my 30s and early 40s. I followed the scientific data and had been hearing that branched chain amino acids were not all they were cracked up to be, but instead that a full profile of essential amino acids in the correct ratios were what was critical for optimal muscle protein synthesis. Essential amino acids are the building blocks of protein, which means your body uses them very efficiently to build lean muscle mass. I was intrigued and set out to learn more, and my research brought me to Keon. I started taking their amino acids every day for the past few months, and I'm hooked. I get a steady boost of energy that powers me through my mid-afternoon workout and for the rest of my day until dinner time. This is why Keon Aminos is so fundamental to my fitness. Backed by over 20 years of clinical research, clean, sugar-free, caffeine-free, and non-GMO, All nine essential amino acids your body needs in ratios scientifically proven to promote muscle protein synthesis. They come in a variety of delicious flavors or even capsules if the powder is not your jam. I'm loving using the aminos and getting stronger by the day. That's why I was so excited when I found out that Keon wanted to continue to sponsor my show because I've become a huge fan of the product. So if you're ready to get serious about up-leveling your strength game, check out Keon Aminos. To save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases, just go to getkion.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com forward slash D-R-T-Y-N-A to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. Hey, functional and integrative healthcare practitioners, listen up. I've got something for you. Back in the day, I used to stock an entire walls worth of lab kits for each specialty lab that I ran on patients. It took up so much room, each kit had different instructions, and it was a very tiresome process. On top of that, I would spend forever having to chase down the lab results once they came in by logging into all the different portals and websites. It was honestly a total time suck, and time is money after all. But now there's a better way to order lab tests that I'm excited to share with you. Rupa Health is a tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal, You can order all the tests that you normally do from companies such as Dutch, Vibrant, Diagnostic Solutions, and more. Rupa eliminates all the headaches by having all ordering, tracking, and results in a single place. And they also handle invoices, tracking shipments, automated follow-up, personalized instructions for completing the tests, and so much more. They can even facilitate convenient blood draws for your patients. The best part about Rupa is that it's free for practitioners. Signing up only took me a few minutes and the website is very user-friendly. Plus, all of your patients' labs can be found under one single platform. Go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com to join a live demo or sign up and see how it works. And if you're simply a listener looking to order your own labs, I have a selection of tests at nearly wholesale prices that you can check out on my website at drtina.com forward slash labs. So I decided to call this episode Sun, Squats, and Sauna for high blood pressure. And there is a reason behind this, and I'm going to share all three. So number one, the sun. The sun is absolutely my favorite thing. I very much believe that without sunlight, humans have gotten more and more sick since we've been scared away from it. But also, I don't live in a place where there's a lot of sun most of the year. And I can tell you definitively that I do significantly better when the sun is out. So... I mean, it's like night and day. I live in Oregon and I'm in the rain for, gosh, at least a solid five months, if not nine months. Nine months of like kind of dreary weather, a good five months of solid rain. And it's so bad that there are days that I can't tell what time of day it is. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. It's so gray that I can't tell what time of day it is. And the second I get in the sun, I perk right up. So I made note of this early on in my childhood when my parents moved me here when I was in eighth grade. I knew very clearly then that the sun was critical for my well-being. I was a little sun baby. I grew up in Southern California. I grew up surfing. I grew up at the beach. I grew up being super tan. And having the sun leave me was, or I guess me leaving the sun was devastating, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. It was a really, really rough winter, that first winter, and I never really recovered from it. So I am vowing right here on the air that I will not spend another winter in Oregon. So help me God. But why does the sun help so much? Well, I've done a whole episode called Safe Sunning. You guys can go back and listen to that episode. I've talked more about the sun and its health benefits, and I've sprinkled in a lot of talk about the sun throughout my podcast episodes. But one of the most important things that it does is it... When the sun hits your skin, you secrete nitrous oxide. You basically make nitrous oxide from sun exposure. And so while circadian rhythm is critical for your well-being and for your blood pressure and for your hormones and for your metabolic health, your just the actual mechanism of this nitrous oxide is really, really critical. And so that's number one, first and foremost. We actually have to get the sun on our skin, not just see it, not just horizon gaze, but literally be out in the sun with our skin exposed. And this is why I say, you know, when in doubt, go get tan. (laughs) First off, when I, when in doubt, go cook the crap out of yourself. We'll get to that in a minute when we get to sauna, but go get tan. Go go out and lay in the sun. If you don't know which way's up and you feel terrible, go get some sunlight on your skin. I promise you, you'll feel better. But one of the important mechanisms is this nitric oxide production, which allows your vessels to vasodilate. And so a hose that blood can't get through, a tight, you know, stiff hose is not going to be great for blood pressure. It's going to increase blood pressure. Imagine you're trying to shove a bunch of water through a tight stiff hose. That's going to be a lot of back pressure, right? That's high blood pressure. So we want a nice maneuverable pipe. (laughs) We want it to be flexible. We want it to be able to constrict and to dilate as needed on cue. And that's very much what nitrous oxide does. So, you know, there's fancy nitrous oxide supplements. There's all kinds of ways to, you know, people are talking about, oh, you need to somehow up your nitrous oxide. Well, just go out in the sun. So that's numero uno. Uh, number two, obviously vitamin D is going to be beneficial for cardiovascular health in a lot of different mechanisms. So that's important. We get vitamin D synthesis when the sun hits the cholesterol on our skin and we make vitamin D out of it. Vitamin D is a hormone. And there's also just the benefit of red light. So earlier in the day, later in the day, you're going to get red light benefits. Wonderful, wonderful. We have data showing red light. You know, even if you use like a red light panel, you're going to get benefit to your blood pressure overall. So sun is a magical, wonderful orb. I am a sun worshiper and it does keep your blood pressure nice and healthy and at a lower rate than it would be if you were totally denying yourself of sunlight exposure. So all of the folks that I would treat for high blood pressure, I would always tell them, get out in the sun. And if you need to know how to do that safely, go back and listen to the safe sunning episode because obviously, you know, burning yourself, eating a ton of seed oils and going out in the sun, all of that jazz, no good. But healthy sun exposure is pretty critical when it comes to your blood pressure. If you wanna really put the cherry on top, go for a walk out in the sun, right? Walking is wonderful for your blood pressure. That's a no-brainer. Uh, we're not going to get into all of that today, but making sure that you have adequate sunlight exposure every single day that you can get it is going to be critical. My husband's blood pressure goes down in the summer and it goes up in the winter. He's got definitely more blood pressure issues than I do. I don't really, my blood pressure is just always low. That's a whole other conversation. But I did do the podcast last week all about blood pressure. And so you guys can go listen to that and listen to all the details. I just know that I, and I saw this in patients too, their blood pressure would be lower in the summer and it would be higher in the rainy cold. So sunlight is a thing and it's very, very beneficial. Make sure that you are not burning your skin, please make sure that you utilize shade, make sure you're not slathering yourself in toxic sunscreens, all of that. Again, go back and listen to the safe sunning episode, but some good old fashioned sun exposure a couple times a day. I get little micro doses throughout the day and I make sure to hit all the spectrum. So I get morning sun, I get late day sun, I get mid afternoon sun, I get a walk at like 10 AM. I try to go for another walk in the afternoon. So I get all kinds of sun and I do try to expose as much skin as I possibly can at all those times just to make sure that I'm not only getting the benefits to my brain through my eyeballs of what my eyes are seeing and registering as light, but also on my skin. Okay. How about squats? I know that when you think of cardiovascular health and high blood pressure, you have been led to believe that it's all about cardio, cardio, cardio. And while I would love to agree with you, I just conveniently a wonderful study just came out of the British Medical Journal. It was published this month, I believe. And they showed that static isometric exercises, such as wall sits, better known as squats, were best for lowering blood pressure. They found that squats, push-ups, high-intensity interval training and cardio were also effective, but this isometric squat hold pattern was incredibly effective at lowering blood pressure in the, uh, I think it was over 12,000 participants in the study. So they compared it to cardio and shockingly, Dr. Tina was right. (laughs) Squats, you know, I joke that squats fix everything, deadlifts fix everything. That's because it's a lower body. So my... Theory and this is backed by data as well is I'm always coming at things from a metabolic standpoint and metabolically you're going to be a lot healthier if you work the lower body muscles, the big muscles, your glutes, your legs. Those are your big glucose mops. And so what do I mean by that? You are going to have more glute four receptors if you strength train because you have more muscle and muscle is where glute four receptors Show up, they suck in the glucose and they store it as glycogen. So you may have heard that you store glycogen in your liver, but you also store it in your muscles. And so having, making sure that you have adequate muscle mass in the big muscles is going to be super critical so that you can mop up as much glucose from your food as possible. So work that booty, work those legs. We do not want skinny legs and a big belly. We want a big old booty and we want big thighs, right? I am a skinny thigh girl and I'm constantly working to get those thighs. You know, I want my thunder thighs because I want my mops. I want my blood sugar mops. But they did find in this study that, and I will link it for you guys, that they looked at 270 randomized trials published over several decades, which was a pooled data sample of, oh, I'm sorry, almost 16,000 participants. And they found that the best reduction in blood pressure was in those who were doing isometric hold exercises. What is isometric? Isometric is neither concentric or eccentric. So you're neither contracting the muscle or lengthening it, you're holding it. So a wall sit. And I would encourage you to work up to about two minutes. You know, if you look at kind of guiding data it doesn't matter your age or your gender, you should be able to waltz it for about two minutes, and that's going to be very, very effective for you. This is something everybody can do. You can add weight to it if you want, if that gets too easy, but for most Americans, I would say that's probably pretty challenging to be able to waltz it for two full minutes and you know, get your kids involved. It's a super fun thing to do, but you heard it here first. British Medical Journal isometric holds better than cardio for lowering your blood pressure. Just the act of strength training in and of itself. So you're building glucose mops all over your body because we're holding glycogen in our liver. Like I said, we're holding it in our muscle. The bulk of it's held in your muscle. So we need as much muscle as possible to sop up the excess blood sugar so that it's not having to battle it out to get into the cell and, and causing insulin surges. Insulin is the key that lets glucose into the cell. And what's happening is most Americans are insulin resistant because they are eating too much ultra refined carbohydrate and, or it's not always the fault of the diet and, or they don't have enough muscle. So they're walking around with sarcopenia, which is muscle wasting. They're walking around frail. You'd be surprised how many people have sarcopenia. I see young people with sarcopenia now. It's really shocking. Uh, The bulk of young people, especially here in Oregon are, they're doughy and they're under muscled. And that's not a judgment call. It's just sheer lack of muscle mass because these young people were not ever active, ever. My daughter's generation grew up in front of iPads and televisions, and many of them never took up sports at all. And so they are sarcopenic in their 20s. And now clinically, would a doctor diagnose them as sarcopenia? I don't know. I do. I did. I told them they were in trouble because they didn't have enough muscle mass. And then when we hit 30 and 40, et cetera, especially as women, we really start to lose muscle pretty quickly. And that's a hormonal milieu, but it is driven by busted metabolic health. It is driven by insulin resistance. Insulin resistance will cause you to pack on and hold fat, particularly visceral fat and truncal fat, and it'll cause atrophy in the legs and arms. And so we end up with these skinny arms and legs, no butt, flat butt, and bellies, and we age into pretty severe insulin resistance and diabetes from there. And people say, oh, well, when did it start? And you've heard me talk about this before. The metabolic syndrome probably started a good decade before the magic diabetic number showed up on labs. But I'm here to tell you that muscle loss and that muscle wasting started decades earlier for most people. The minute you take on that little apple shape with little stick legs and little scrawny arms, you are headed headlong. And I see that in guys and gals in their 20s easily. So that trunkal obesity is something to really watch out for. You guys can grab my Assess Your Metabolic Health Guide. I'll link it up in the show notes and you can have a free guide to check your own metabolic health out there. If you want a deep dive, you can check out my Metabolic Revamp Toolkit. But bottom line is you need muscle. And this is why I say muscle is non-negotiable. This is why I say squats, sun and squats. We're up to part two here. The squats are compound movements. And these are whole body movements where we are having to integrate everything. You might not think it's an arm exercise or a core exercise or back exercise, but it really is. You have to integrate everything and you have to be able to control your body weight. And it really helps grow those big muscle groups of the lower body. So I'm going to keep beating this drum for you. Everybody can squat. If you have control of your legs. If you're not in a wheelchair, everybody can squat. There are variations you can do. There are ways to do it. I'm going to be putting up a whole squat tutorial inside of my Resiliency University. That's my private membership portal. I've got a whole strength corner in there where I teach strength training and I have strength training tutorials. And I'm going to be doing a whole squat progression in there because I firmly believe everybody needs to be squatting every single day it'll completely change your life. If you were to incorporate squats into your day, and now I'm not going to give you an exact number because I don't want anybody to go get hurt and you're all at different places. But if you were to incorporate some level of squatting into your day, some people can do hundred a day, some people can do 50, some people can only do 10, it would dramatically change your life. And another pro tip, I always say, go for a walk after meals, but if you can't do ten squats, just air squats right there. You can pick up a dog. I used to have dogs. I had a whole, I had a whole gaggle of dogs at one point, and uh, I called them my minions, and they were different sizes, so I could squat. You know, ten pounds, twenty pounds, thirty pounds, forty-five pounds. I was able to sort of work my way through. Actually, one was sixty-five. He let me pick him up. Good old Barkley. So kids, you can put your kid, it's really fun to put your kid on your back, like piggyback and do squats, you know, so get creative, but start with your body weight and work yourself up from there. And there are ways to do this and there are ways to do it safely. And I want to make sure everybody understands that one of the fastest ways to improving your metabolic health is through squatting and through working the large muscle groups. And that will in turn create a really great environment for your cardiovascular system. They call it cardiometabolic health, if you really want to get persnickety. So the cardio part is just as important. And now we have, we've had data for years showing that strength training improved high blood pressure, but this recent study is even more conclusive. So that's awesome. And then the last one is sauna. Oh, how I love sauna. I was just talking to my private membership group. We do a live call every month. You guys are welcome to join and join in on the call as well if you join the, uh, the portal. And I was saying, when in doubt, cook the crap out of yourself, And I have a whole bunch of episodes about sauna you guys can go back and listen to. My favorite sauna, hands down, is my sunlight and sauna. I have a two-person model that lives in my house, and I freaking love that thing. Part of me wants to take the seat out. There's a fun light feature in there that flashes different colored lights for light therapy. And part of me wants to take the seat out and just have like a dance party sauna. (laughs) I need Sunlighten to send me a big box sauna with cool flashing strobe lights with no seat in it, <laughs> no seats. <laughs> I'll just have a dance party box, but because there's a stereo system in there, there's a speaker and a radio, so it's super fun. Anyway, and I can run my Bluetooth through it. I could have a little dance party, but I, I freaking love my sauna. I love my Sunlighten and I try to go in it as much as possible. And what do I mean by go, when in doubt, go cook the crap out of yourself. I mean, go get hot. Go go get hot. The second you get hot and you start sweating, some really magical things happen, which I won't go too far into because I want to keep this topical to high blood pressure. You can go back and listen to my other episodes, but it clears the head and then I know what my next best steps are. I don't know how to explain it. Any of you who sauna regularly know what I'm talking about. It just clears the space and it allows you to decide what my next, your next best steps are. And I say this as somebody who has, if you've heard my story, I have struggled for decades with autoimmune conditions, some very painful, you know, I've had my issues with my health and especially in the winter here, I Definitely tend towards low mood and depression with all the darkness. And so the sauna is like my go to reset. When in doubt, I go sit in my sauna about 10 minutes in. I start to get really hot and I start to sweat and I realize very quickly, okay let's think about these things logically. What's my next best step? Meaning what's my next best step towards improving my health? What What am I going to do from here? I have a lot of information in my brain because I'm a doctor and I have a lot of options. I could, you know, different roads I could take and it can be overwhelming. But I think for any of us, I guess what I'm getting at is it turns your instincts on. And once your instincts are on, you you make better decisions. When it comes to healthy hormones, healthy menopause, healthy bones, healthy joints, all of it is contingent on good metabolic health. And unfortunately, most Americans are falling short in that department. In fact, nearly 100% of U.S. adults are struggling with good cardiometabolic health. I've teamed up with the folks at NutriSense because I absolutely love their Continuous Glucose Monitor program. They've got great customer service, a great product, a really cool app, and access to expert dietitians throughout the program. At the very least, give yourself the gift of a one-month subscription. If you're really struggling, consider a 3, 6, or even 12-month subscription. If you use code DR TINA, all capital letters, at checkout, you'll get $30 off your first purchase, and you're going to want to follow the link in the show notes. Have you been looking for an in-home infrared sauna? Look no further. I've done the research for you and I found the one. My sauna of choice is by Sunlighten. They've got 23 years in the business. Their quality is unmatched. They are directly involved with each unit from production process start to finish. Their heater quality, it's like surround sound of infrared heat. It feels delicious and not all infrared heat is the same. They've got ultra low EMFs. I know you guys ask about that a lot. It is third party tested and proven. They've got options for everyone from portable units to walk-in box saunas. You can save up to $600 off your purchase right now when you use the link in the show notes and you mention my name, Dr. Tina. I hope you enjoy your new sauna. It's the best biohacking tool I can think of for walking into winter. Let's talk about high blood pressure though. Interestingly, Sunlight did a study themselves and they looked at, let's see, I wanna make sure I get this right. This was out of the University of Missouri in 2005, and they had subjects randomly assigned to receive sauna sessions in either a far infrared sauna or a control sauna that was just hot, just heat, dry heat. And a lot of you guys asked me, does it matter if it's infrared? Yes, it does matter. I, I want to say no, you can go take a hot bath. And yes, getting hot will emit the heat shock proteins, which has a lot of health benefits. And I I want to say yes, but it's just not the same. Infrared really has a whole different impact. So whether it's far infrared or near infrared, infrared is a whole different ballgame. And so, it penetrates to a deeper level, and so we get these cardiovascular benefits that we don't get with just heat sauna. Yes, getting hot will do a couple things. Getting plain old heat is going to definitely induce the heat shock protein process, which is awesome. It's going to vasodilate your vessels. It's going to be a bit of an exercise mimetic, meaning it's going to mimic exercise. And you've heard me talk about this. If you are in a place where you're either ill acutely or chronically, or you're just really beat up and worn down, or you're burned out that day and you really can't get a workout in, but you need to pump the blood, Sauna's awesome. Heat is awesome for that. Going outside right now, I'm sure in certain parts of the country, you could just go outside and get your heat sauna session. Uh, if you're in the sun, you're going to get that infrared too. But when you're talking about going into a sauna and it's not that high times of far near infrared, then having an infrared sauna really does matter. So this is what they did in the study. The saunas looked identical. One was far infrared heat, one was just regular heat. And the subjects had a 30-minute sauna session three days a week for six weeks at the Sunlight and Saunas Corporate Headquarters in Kansas. And the subjects were generally healthy between the ages of 21 and 65, so a wide array of folks. All sauna sessions were registered um, and the nurse measured and recorded their blood pressure, their pulse, their weight, and their waist circumference, which I think is really cool. They rated their pain on a standard pain scale. And while I won't get into all the outcomes, what they did find was that far infrared sauna did lower both systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Systolic is the top number, diastolic is the bottom number. The way that I have been taught about diastolic, I if I ever have any blood pressure elevation, which I don't, I always run pretty low, unfortunately, but if one of them starts to creep up, it's always my diastolic. And what does that mean? Diastolic is stiffened arteries. That's it, stiffened vasculature. I think of it in relationship to stress. So I have seen in patients who tend towards chronic stress or anger or, you know, Really having their blood pressure being driven by emotional charges, that diastolic tends to be the one that creeps up. So if that's you, meditate in a sauna (laughs) because listen to this. The far infrared sauna did lower both systolic and diastolic blood pressure, but the diastolic blood pressure in the far infrared group was statistically significant. And like I said, diastolic is indicative of stiff arteries and stress. In the far infrared group, the systolic blood pressure decreased from an average of 130.5 before the study to 124 at the completion of the study at six weeks. So this is really great information. And these results did not happen in the control group, not to this degree. So the far infrared really does count. Another study out of Japan was in 2001, repeated thermal therapy improves impaired vascular endothelial function in patients with coronary risk factors. So they the objectives was to determine whether sauna therapy, a thermal vasodilation therapy, because that's what happens, right? You get hot and you vasodilate. Improves endothelial function in patients with coronary risk factors, such as hypercholesterolemia, hypertension, diabetes, and smoking. So they took folks and cooked them (laughs) in a sauna. Now this wasn't far infrared versus regular. This was just heat. It was 60 degrees Celsius, which I believe is around 140 Fahrenheit, right? Uh, They used the sauna bath for 15 minutes and then they kept them in a bed covered with blankets for 30 minutes once a day for two weeks. So they saunaed every single day and then they were made to rest. And it was a short sauna session of 15 minutes. And they wanted to look at the endothelial function. That's the inner lining of the vasculature. The results were pretty awesome and found that two weeks of sauna therapy, just two weeks, significantly improved their endothelium, their flow-mediated endothelium dependent dilation. Long term for basically they had good, healthy vasodilation that was responsive. Which is what we want, right? We don't want it stiff. We don't want it like clamping down or staying open. We want, like I said, we want reactive, healthy reactive vasculature. So the conclusions to this study were repeated sauna treatment improves impaired vascular endothelial function in the setting of coronary risk factors. So these folks had coronary risk factors. Remember, they weren't just... Totally healthy adults. The first study was in healthy adults, suggesting a therapeutic role for sauna treatment in patients with risk factors for atherosclerosis. A 2015 study I want to share that was in JAMA, Association Between Sauna Bathing and Fatal Cardiovascular and All-Cause Mortality Events. This was a really interesting uh, study. So, The objective was to investigate the association of frequency and duration of sauna bathing with the risk of sudden cardiac death, fatal coronary heart disease, fatal cardiovascular disease and all cause mortality. They had 2,315 middle-aged folks ranging from 42 to 60 years in Eastern. These were men in Eastern Finland. You guys maybe have heard some of the data that came out. This is a longitudinal study. I think it's still ongoing. Uh, I'll talk more about it in a moment, but this was looking at baseline examinations between March and December of 1984 to 1989. So they looked at them over a period of many years. And the total follow-up has been 20 some years. So this has been ongoing, like I said. They had one group doing one time per week. They had a bigger group doing two to three times per week. And then they had a small group that was five, I'm sorry, four to seven times per week. And the conclusion was very simple. The more, the better. The group in the four to seven times per week that were sauning for longer periods of time in Finland, they were doing traditional Finnish sauna techniques and I don't think they had exactly parameters on heat, you know, temperature, et cetera. I did a whole podcast on why I think sauna protocols are bullshit. <laughs> because I think sauna is a really beautiful therapeutic and it should be used to tonify and help stoke your vitality instead of crashing out your central nervous system and your adrenal system. We don't want to overdo it, right? We don't want to overcook you because you won't feel good. There is a sweet spot and that's very individual. So whatever works for you, works for you. Go listen to that episode, please, so you can hear my reasoning for this because as a naturopathic physician hydrotherapy is a big part of our training and i have found it to be ridiculous in the you know recent years influencers saying you know this amount of heat for this amount of time and i realize we have to standardize some aspects because we want to make sure that folks are able to be studied so we need some parameters around that but i'm telling you For the normal person, you go in for as long as you can to tolerance. That might be a difference in temperature. That might be a difference in timing. My husband and I do not set the sauna for the same temperature, and we do not hang out in there the same amount of time. We are different beasts. So this study showed the more the better. More often, longer periods of time, increased frequency of sauna bathing is associated with a reduced risk of all of the cardiovascular issues I just Mention sudden cardiac death, fatal coronary heart disease, fatal cardiovascular disease, and all cause mortality. All right. 2002. Journal of American College of Cardiology, repeated sauna treatment improves vascular endothelial and cardiac function in patients with chronic heart failure. The purpose of the study was to determine the mechanism by which 160, I'm sorry, 60 degree Celsius, 140 degree Fahrenheit sauna treatment improves cardiac function in patients with chronic heart failure. And they basically found that repeated sauna treatments improves vascular endothelial function, resulting in an improvement in cardiac function and clinical symptoms. So they looked at, let's see, two weeks of sauna therapy, really great outcomes. The Kuopio ischemic heart disease study, this is the KIHD, this is that ongoing Finnish study that they've been following men from Eastern Finland. And this is where much of the data around sauna and cardiovascular benefits is coming from in latter years. So if you hear about the Finnish men sauna study, that's what this is. Uh, they, did, they did look at this in 2018. Again, they looked at sauna bathing is associated with reduced cardiovascular mortality and improves risk prediction in men and women. This was in BMC Medical that previously they'd only looked at the men. So they thought to bring women in. So I wanted to mention this. They looked at about 1700 participants. The mean age was 63. The age range was 53 to 74 and 50% roughly were women. So this is important because men are different than women and we have to have data on women. The results, a total of 181 fatal cardiovascular events occurred during the medium follow-up of 15 years the risk of cardiovascular disease mortality decreased linearly with increased sauna sessions per week with no threshold effect. So again, the more, the better. The more, the better. The longer, the better. The better, the better. The the duration of sauna use minutes per week was inversely associated with cardiovascular disease mortality in a continuous manner. So said a different way. Basically, cardiovascular disease went down as sauna- Duration minutes per week went up. We again, we don't have exact temperatures because this was just a longitudinal study on folks in Finland who were sun or sauna bathing, right? They were doing whatever temperature was happening in their saunas. Everybody has a sauna in their house, I believe, or on their property in Finland. It's a thing. Conclusions higher frequency and duration of sauna bathing. Are each strongly inversely and independently associated with fatal cardiovascular disease events in middle-aged elderly males and females. The frequency of sauna bathing improves the prediction of long-term risk for cardiovascular disease mortality. All this to say, sauna is incredible for high blood pressure. If you have cardiovascular disease in your family or you have high blood pressure yourself, First off, go back and listen to my episode from last week where I shared with you that the large bulk of high blood pressure is due to insulin resistance. Period. Period. But that doesn't mean you can't have a genetic propensity towards something, right? Genes load the gun and environment and lifestyle pulls the trigger. So, high blood pressure heart disease runs in my family. I have really, really low blood pressure. So did my mom. And then one day, my mom had high blood pressure. My dad has always. Then, you know, leans towards that higher blood pressure. So it's in my family, it's in my genes to to go that direction. Now, different lifestyle, different metabolic health different muscle mass. I am in significantly better shape as I walk up up to 50 years old than anybody in my family, like anybody, any aunts, uncles, cousins, sister, anything. (laughs) I am sitting in a much better situation at 50 than any of them were. Uh, So I do not expect to get the same disease processes hit me as they did. But again, if you have a propensity for this in your family and looking at, you know, let's just, talk stats right now. In 2020, three times as many people died of cardiovascular disease in the US than of COVID, but nobody declared an emergency and locked down the world for that. Not that they should have, but you get my drift. So cancer was two times as many. That changed, I think, in 2021. we COVID deaths, interestingly, we introduced the you-know-what and COVID deaths went up. That's another story. Um, we have data on that too. But the point being is cardiovascular disease far outpaces any other health issue that Americans are dying from. And I do believe it is due to our almost 100% of US adults having busted metabolic health. It's We have the data on that too. So we are sitting in a pickle and it really is a problem. But There are ways out of this, and one of them I firmly believe that will add years of life and quality of life for folks is a regular sauna bathing practice. And so that's why I wanted to go through some of these studies with you. Um, again, my favorite is my sunlight, and I like the walk-in sauna. There are different sauna options out there. I have a few of them listed on my website, but hands down, being able to walk into a sauna, immerse yourself is a whole different deal than the ones where maybe your head pops out or you're in a blanket, although I love those. If that's if that's all you have for space and finances, I totally, totally appreciate that. Um, but I do love walking into the immersive box sauna and- and really cooking the crap out of myself for a few minutes uh, several times a week just to make sure that I'm checking off those boxes. And you bet I pushed my husband out there because he does have cardiovascular disease pretty ripe in his family. And it's important to me that he takes advantage of this uh, really beautiful, I don't even want to call it a therapeutic. It's just a really beautiful modulator of, of our overall physiology. And so with that, I will repeat, son- squats, and sauna are easily some of the ways that you can start to bring yourself back into a healthy blood pressure level. And why is that? All three of those improve your metabolic health as well. So I will leave you with that. Thanks so much. If you guys are enjoying this, hit that subscribe button either here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player. Make sure that you get updates when I launch a new episode each week and we will be back. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist, Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.